0: Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 17. I'm your host, Stephen Westray. Great to be here as always, talking all the latest in the world of rugby league. It's Thursday afternoon. I'm sorry for the delay on the podcast this week, but it is a shortened round in terms of NRL, the last shortened round of the season, which means after this round, every team has seven games to cement their position on the Telstra Premiership ladder. And some of those teams are vying for finals positions, whether it be the Rabbitohs, the Dragons, the Roosters, Manly, Canberra. Some of these teams are vying for top four positions. Teams like the Broncos and the Eels. There's a team or two that are also, also, you know, trying to vie for that minor premiership and Penrith are well and truly on the way to doing that. And there's also teams that are trying to avoid the dreaded wooden spoon. And you know, teams like the Gold Coast and the Tigers are really firming favourites to get that that dubious award at this point of the season, but. I'm excited for these four games. Obviously, some of the Origin players are going to be missing, but we're going to preview all the action on the show today. But as I mentioned, we are six days away from the decider. State of Origin Game Three kicks off on Wednesday night at eight o'clock. And in Game One, the Queensland Maroons were too good for the Blues, sixteen to ten, upset victory in Sydney in front of the Blues' home crowd. New South Wales struck back though in Game Two with a resounding forty-four to twelve victory. One of the best New South Wales origin debuts of all time, Matt Burden, and one of the best individual performances of all time by Nathan Cleary, but it was just a much improved effort by the New South Wales Blues, and early in this week on Monday, both of the two states named their 17 players that will run out at Suncorp Stadium in front of 45,000 fans next Wednesday. I'm getting chills just thinking about it, I'm excited. The Blues have only ever won two deciders in Suncorp, and... No, they face a monumental test if they're going to retain the shield um, for the second year in a row, for the fourth out of fifty years running, uh, fourth out of five years running. Sorry, and um, you know it's going to be a it's going to be a big game. Phil, the Blues have been forced into a late change due to injury, and they initially were forced by Payne Hussey drawing from the team, and Jordan McLean took his spot, and that was the only change to the New South Wales Blues team. Jack Wyden controversially was. Not picked in the 17, and he was put at 18th man, and McLean was named to start in the front row to make his debut in the absence of of Payne Huss. However, today on Thursday, Arvo, Jordan McLean has had to withdraw from state of origin due to hamstring injury. So young Jacob Seifeder, brother of New South Wales' mainstay over the past few years, Daniel Seifeder, he'll be making his debut. He's been in the squad for, um, you know, the first two games of this series, and he's looking to, um, to make his mark in the biggest uh the biggest stage in rugby league. So it's an exciting time for him, but I'm you know, I'm sure that he realizes he's got a monumental task ahead of him at Suncorp on Wednesday. I don't know if I agree with the decisions. I mean, Brad Fittler has been known this year in particular for some interesting selection choices to say the least, but you know, most of those selections in game 2 were warranted um based on the final score in that game and you know, I think SyFeed will come in and do a job. I would have liked a little bit more of an experienced head in myself, someone like Regan Campbell-Gillard, who I think was unfairly dropped in game two. I think he was one of their best forwards in the first game up there in Sydney. David Klemmer is another one that I would have thrown in the mix. He hasn't been in the Origin Arena, I don't believe, since 2017, maybe 2018, but I think it's 2017, before the Blues started being dominant again. But I think every time he's put on that Blues jersey, he's done a good job. He's been pretty good for Newcastle, one of their best players this year. And I think that you know what you're going to get with a player like Fafida. He'll charge the ball forward and make plenty of metres and he'll try all night for years. But in saying that, I think Fafidi has been good for a number of seasons now. I don't think 2022 has been his best season, but he's got the opportunity of a lifetime. And I think he'll take it with both hands. There's not much else to say about the the Blues team. Obviously, they've kept all the staples, your likes of... uh, Tedesco, Luai, Cleary, Cook, Coracia, everyone—all the pieces are on board. Interesting choice um, keeping Burden in the left centre. I thought that he was outstanding in game two, and I probably would have done that. But in the right centre, we've got Stephen Crichton, who I don't think had the best two games for the Blues. Obviously, he played thirty minutes, off to mention game one. A bit. Uh, harsh on him to really criticize his performance, considering he was coming into a um, game where the forward pack were well and truly beaten, but in game two, he got plenty of chances, and I thought there were some poor defensive reads, especially on Cameron Munster, who you know, strolled past him for Queensland's second try, him and Jerome Lewis, um that their defensive reads at times during game two were poor, but obviously it didn't affect the Blues too much, so he's retained his spot in game three, but I think there was definitely an opportunity to potentially push Jack Wyden out to the right center, drop Croydon, um, and do it that way. But Wyden, who you know was man of the match for the Blues in game one, pretty much, has missed out altogether at 18th man. He's replaced Nico Hines there, who has COVID in the 18th man jersey. But I think it's pretty unfair. I understand Brad Pittman wanted to change a winning team and a winning culture, but I feel like Wyden's probably been one of the best, Blues' best for the, a number of series now. And I really rate him defensively as a center. And I think that we saw what he could do with the football in game one up there in Sydney. he was, without a doubt, our most damaging ball runner. And he obviously scored that first try as well. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting decisions by Fitler. But I feel like the Blues should be confident. I feel like we're in a good spot heading into this decider. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens on Wednesday night. I've also, um, just looking at the Queensland team, they've pretty much named a, a very similar team also. Um I believe the only major change is that Tom Gilbert comes into the side because Felice Kafusi unfortunately won't be playing in game three because his father's very unwell over in the United States. So understandable that he can um, he won't he won't be up for that game. And obviously, family's first always. So Jerome Nani uh, will be start. Uh, sorry, Jeremiah and That is will be starting in the second row for the Queensland Maroons and. Gilbert's coming on the bench, and Gilbert's been really solid for the Cowboys this year. It's another Cowboys player getting representative experience. I feel like they're all over these state of Origin teams, even Reese Robson and Chad Townsend have joined the blues squad this week. But Nenoi gets an opportunity in, you know, to start an origin game. That's huge. He could play, you know, close to eighty minutes, and Gilbert's been in good form and they don't both deserve their spot, there's no doubt about it. I think that both was probably unlucky to miss out a little bit for Queensland and um, you know, I and Arrow I think it's a little bit of a message to him as well that he's been a mainstay in this Queensland team for three to four years and he's just not playing good enough footy to earn that starting position and, and Slater's gonna make every player in that in that starting lineup earn their spot. So um we'll see how they go. It's also interesting to me that they didn't make a couple more changes. The wingers in particular, Selwyn Cobo and Murray Talangi, They got targeted a lot in you know State of Origin one and they had probably both had pretty poor performances, a few errors weren't really safe under the high ball, so pretty forgetful night for both of them in terms of um, games they'd want to remember. But Slater stuck solid with them, and we'll see if it pays dividends come Wednesday night. And if you guys want to hear more about State of Origin predictions and previews for the match, make sure you check out Steve's NRL Footy Tips Origin Free Special. That's going to drop on Monday afternoon, and I've done all. Um, every game of the State of Origin series that way for three years and it's usually a really fun special and, you know, I predict my first try score is in that. I predict my man of the match. So check that out when that drops on Monday night. No team of the week this uh, week, guys. Unfortunately, I um didn't get time to construct it, to it, but it will be back next week Um, or maybe the week after. There's only four games this week and as I mentioned, even though a lot of Origin players are missing and there's only a half around the football this week, there's some games that I think are very important in terms of this competition race, in particular the Dragons versus the Broncos for both of those teams, especially um, considering the Broncos have starting to slip a little bit on the Telstra Premiership ladder. They're still safely in the eight, but, you know, if more losses come in quick succession, they could find themselves um, clinging on to their top eight spot, and the Dragons want to cement theirs. Newcastle and the Rabbitohs also shapes up to be an important game for CR Sydney because they've got such a tough run coming um on after you know after all these players get back from origin they've got every team in the top half of the competition whether it be Penrith the Cowboys Melbourne Cronulla all still to play so that's shaping up to be important and you've got Storm versus um Cronulla as well which you know Nico Hines out of the game due to covid but I feel like um it's shaping up to be a pretty important game for Cronulla season as well in the Storm it's important for them to bounce back after a couple of poor performances particularly the game against Manly last weekend so um, yeah I'm excited for this these four games we're going to preview them momentarily before we get to that I just want to mention a couple of other stories that have been raging on in the world of rugby league this week and um, you know the refs have come under criticism a lot due to some poor decisions I feel like if you look at the games in round 15 there's some top notch quality games Penrith gained Further ascendancy, CS was a huge performance to come back against Parramatta. We'll touch on that a little bit later in both of those games previews, but Latrell um, just made all the difference. That CS Sydney lineup, but there was a couple of games Martin controversy, and one of them was the Pan- Panthers Roosters game. And you know Penrith, they're the benchmark of the competition. They just play harder and faster than any other team at the moment, and a lot of teams can't get near them. But that game last Friday night was hanging the balance. And the Roosters were even in the lead at 1.16 to 12. But it just seemed like every time the Roosters were starting to get on top of the game, and I'm not a fan of the Roosters, the ref would buy a penalty to Penrith. And, um, you know, there's a couple contentious calls. The one that probably should have been a sin bid. Angus Crichton got a sin bid for something that I don't know whether that was justified. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Trent Robertson came out of the game and said, well, we're used to getting them because we're Roosters um, players. And the referees target the Roosters. For starters, this year, the Warriors gained the Roosters, got lucky at the start of the year, and Trent Robinson didn't want to talk about the refs. He didn't want to talk about the refs after the 2019 Green Final when the Ra- Raiders won. So this talk about there being biased against the Roosters in the referee community is just a joke. Um, I understand and I agree that decisions went against you, Robinson, but to say that it always goes against the Roosters, I think is just an extremely biased point of view, and... Um, you know, I, as I mentioned, they got some calls that probably won them a premiership in 2019. So, I know they're struggling. I know every win's important, especially considering what they're seeing 10th on the ladder, I believe. But to say that the NRL's out to, against you, I, I just don't believe. So, um, in terms of the Raiders-Dragons game, Ben Hunt um, wasn't square at marker when he tackled the Raiders player, which ended the game. It was a um, a 12-10 to 10 victory there for St. George. But... There's also a play side in that play and, you know, the play before the referee had ruled a six again penalty. But I think the refs need more courage in that situation. The ref, the reasons that they don't have courage and they're not willing to blow the penalty are not willing to send me one of the Dragons player, which would, players which would have even the game up and taken at the golden point and really probably, you know, favour the Raiders. And as Ricky Stewart said, it probably might have cost his team a finals appearance this year, Um I just think they lack courage because they get they're under so much scrutiny in the media. The media doesn't really back them up. The NRL doesn't really back them up, and you wonder why there's a lot of referees that don't want to ref the game anymore. We're not seeing that development in the younger ages for you know young kids wanting to become referees because they get abused, they get criticised. Whether it's at grassroots football level, um, you know, just going down to your local park and seeing under twelves run around the parents into a teenage referee and I just don't think that's a good culture to set. I think the NRL should really place stronger rules to protect our referees and tell you know, limit the amount of criticism they can get. I understand that referees make poor calls all the time and sometimes and obviously if they make those bad decisions, they're subject and criticism justified of their performances, but you can't be abusing them. And um, you know, why I don't didn't really see the referee getting abused on the weekend after that call that potentially cost the Raiders the match, the reason that he didn't call a sin bin, didn't call a professional fear, was because he knew that whatever he made in that in that 10 second window, whatever decision that that referee made, would have been heavily scrutinized in the media and he could not win either way. So um, I just feel like, yeah, there needs to be a change in the system and the referees need to be able to be more confident. To make those match-winning calls um, and match-defining calls when the pressure's on the line. So, yeah. Uh, also, before we get to the the footy tips as well, the other piece that I want to touch on is a couple of little short stories. Reese uh, Walsh, sorry, has signed with the Brisbane Broncos for the twenty twenty three season. Apparently, signed on a four hundred k deal. There's been some beef during the Warriors and the Dolphins during the week, and the Dolphins at this point. Disappointed, and obviously, and rightfully so, they're disappointed that they didn't get Reese Walsh's signature. But you know, I think it's a really good signing at the end of the day for the Broncos, and that is, um, you know. Activated, And they've been looking for a genuine fullback as well, but it's activated chance that Claude stand to go to the uh, Warriors from the Raiders as well. So there's some player movement there, but I feel like Walsh is a little bit of a missing piece for the Broncos. And we've already seen Reese Walsh's potential with the Warriors, but at the moment for me, it's just potential and we haven't seen anything beyond that. So I'm excited to see him develop his game at the Broncos. And I don't think he could develop it further at the Warriors' The amount of work you'll be able to do with the likes of Adam Reynolds in the forward pack, I think uh, Reynolds' combination with him would be great. And as Ezra Maine, you know, continues to develop as a first grade, the grader, if they stick him at five eight and continue to nurture him. I think he's going to grow into a really good player as well. Billy Wilders is is killing it in the hooker position. So I feel like the spine's really starting to come together at the Broncos. They've already got an intimidating forward pack. The outside backs are plenty talented. So I think that Reese Walsh at the Warrior at the Broncos is a a very good recruitment decision from the, the Broncos board, and in particular Ben Iken, who's the head of football down there. So um, I feel like the the Broncos are really preparing themselves to put, push for a premiership in 2023 even. So, you know, that, that premiership tilt um, and that, that bigger recruitment drive for it, I feel like they're more than capable of competing for a premiership in the next one or two years. So... Um, it's exciting times ahead for the Broncos who, you know, only a few years ago were on the brink of uh, you know, their club basically being destroyed from the inside and and poor recruitment decisions and they were wooden spooners and it looked like it was going to be a long road to recovery for the club, but I think that Ben Eichen and the rest of the board down there has done a remarkable job of turning this club around in a short amount of time so um, yeah, well done the Broncos the other one I wanted to touch on, it won't be long. I've said on this show multiple times that Justin Holbrook, I don't believe that he's the right man to take the Titans forward. And, and he seems like he's out of the answers. And he basically admitted as much after their latest loss last weekend. And, you know, I just feel like it's time for a change. Newcastle aren't exactly, you know, premiership uh, contenders this season. But they were well and truly better than a poor Gold Coast Titans side. I think you just need to blow the place up from the inside out and, you know, keep a few players that perform well. Guys like Brimson and Firmer and Moffat Awakener and Big Tino, but a lot of those roster management decisions have been done poorly, and I think it will be a long road, unfortunately, for the Gold Coast Titans to the point where I think the Dolphins, who aren't even in the competition yet, they enter in 2023, probably are in a better position with their roster, even though they haven't got a big fish than the Gold Coast Titans are at the moment. So... Some big decisions have to be made at um, Gold Coast Titans headquarters, and I feel like, unfortunately, for Justin Holbrook, and I like the guy, I think that he's got assets as a coach, and we've seen it over the last two years with Gold Coast. I just feel like his time has ran out, and he hasn't got the results that he's needed to get, and I feel like Gold Coast have to make a change. They have to do it as quick as possible. I would even say they have to do it before their next game, and they've got the bye this week, so it's probably time to make that judgment call. All right, well, that is... A bit of an NRL wrap-up for you. We've talked about everything in this opening 20 minutes. Now let's preview the matches this weekend. We've got four big games. If you haven't, please like Steve's NRL footy tips on Facebook. It's the best way to stay notified for the latest updates with the show. And remember to subscribe, like, and share wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast. Leave a review, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. Thank you guys for all the support for the podcast this year. Steve's State of Origin Game free preview. Drops next Monday afternoon, but right now, let's preview the action for round 17. And the action all kicks off at 7.50 tonight when the Cronulla Sharks host the Melbourne Storm from Point Bet Stadium. And when these teams first came out on Tuesday afternoon, I definitely gave the edge to Cronulla in this game. They've won four of their last five games against the Melbourne Storm. Point Bet Stadium has particularly been a really good stadium when versing Melbourne, and if you just have to go back and remember that game where Cameron Smith got sin bins to realise that Cronulla really loved playing Melbourne in Cronulla. But obviously during the week we've had a positive COVID test result for Nico Hines, so he's going to be out of action this week. Braden Trindle comes back into the halfback position. He's the 18th man. and He'll be partnering alongside Matt Moylan, so that combination will be interesting. Fafita's also a late inclusion into the starting team. He's um, come in from the bench to replace... Toby Rudolph is also out of action this week. And the Sharks are also missing c for Talakai due to State of Origin duty. for the Melbourne Storm. Obviously, last week was a disastrous performance against Manly before they scored four tries in the last 10 minutes and almost stole that game at the death. But it was one of the most unlike Melbourne performances I've seen this year. It was probably their worst performance of the year, and that's including the Cowboys game where the Cowboys put the cleaners through them. And obviously, they're down in troops again. Cameron Munster's still out Harry Grancy out because of origin duty this week. Felice Cafusi's is still in the US because of the situation with his father. So, you know, it's it's two teams that aren't at full strength this weekend, but it's a very important game because for Melbourne, it's really important for them to get back on the right track after such a disappointing performance last week. And really, they're going for a bit of a um, pattern at the moment, Melbourne, where you can just tell they're not playing typical Melbourne-like performances and you know, the good news for them they've got so many wins on the board that you don't want to play your best football at this point of the season but you want to start building towards a run at the finals and I feel like if they can get through this weekend get their players back on board like Harry Green and Munster either next week or the week after they can really start making a push for this finals position. Unlike a lot of these teams in the competition, Melbourne don't have to win every game because they've done enough at this point in the season where they can just rest some of these players up and, you know, I hate to compare it to the NBA, but the last ride, Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen and the like, Dennis Rodman, they all had one last chance before that team kind of broke apart. And at the moment, at the end of this season, a lot of the Melbourne's forward pack guys like the Bromwich brothers, um, you know, Felice Kafusi and the like, they've been in the, the storm system for such a long time that they're breaking up and, you know, Cameron Munster might follow after 2023. So this really might be the last year for a premiership push for a while, and I feel like if they can just navigate through games like this, they're going to be a huge chance coming back end of the season. Cronulla, on the other hand, I don't think it was a very good performance against the Bulldogs, despite the atrocious conditions last week, but it's a step in the right direction. I feel like they really have, you know, fallen apart a little bit in the last few months in terms, and in comparison to what we saw at the start of the season, because if you remember the first month or two of the competition, they were just lining the competition up. And, you know, this last time these two teams played, Melbourne got the uh, got the biscuits in the end, but Cronulla really took it to Melbourne in that game, and I think Melbourne were undefeated at the time. So we know, Cronulla, what well, they can do at their best. Nico Hines has been their best player this year. He's a huge loss, no doubt. But they get Finucane starting and starting to get some more football in his legs this week. Um, McInnes is valuable off the bench. Wade Graham's pretty much back to fully fit. So they've definitely got the staff here on board to really combat the Melbourne Storm, especially up front in that forward battle. But I think where Cronulla have to, you know, really step up this week is with their key men, guys like Kennedy, Moylan, and Trindle, who's coming in to replace um, Nico Hines. They have to be at the absolute best because I feel like the experienced men from Pappahousen, Hughes, Brennan-Smith, and, you know, their, their experienced forward campaigners that we've mentioned, they're really going to be up for this contest. Bellamy was furious after last week's performance and he said, we've always missed players, but that's not an excuse to be dropping off tackles and missing tackles. And Belling has always been an effort coach. He wants the best out of his team. To, doesn't matter who's got that jersey on. He just wants to see the effort areas be completed. If they're beaten on skill, so be it. But I feel like the Storm are going to be yet to do the basics right tonight. I feel like their completion rate's going to be high. And assuming that they have a Storm-like performance like we've seen over the last 10 to 20 years, I feel like despite the home crowd advantage, Melbourne will be too good for Cronulla tonight, and I've got the Melbourne Storm by eight points. And the one Friday night game this week takes place at 7.55pm from McDonald Jones Stadium when the Newcastle Knights host the South Sydney Rabbitohs. For Newcastle fans, it was great to finally get a win on the board last weekend. This week, they're back in front of their home crowd. They should get a big crowd up there against the Rabbitohs, and they're welcomed and boosted by the return of Bradman Best, Coming back in the team, most likely Jaden Braley has been named in the reserves as well. So good to see the Knights get a, a real win in 2022 and start to get some more confidence within the team. And, you know, they're almost back to full strength, which they haven't been for quite a long period of time. They're versing a CR Sydney side that looked like a completely different team last weekend. It was one of their best performances of the year with the Mitchell back in the team at fullback. Um, they really stepped up and replied after a dismal performance against... The St. George Illawarra Dragons, three weekends ago. This week, um, as they try to carry on that confidence and try to cement their spot in the top eight, they're versing a, um, as I mentioned, a Knights team that looks like it's going to be almost full strength, but the Rabbitohs, on the other hand, their team's almost unrecognizable. They've got some of their main stars still in, guys like Latrell Mitchell, Johnston, Cody Walker, Tom Bird, just some of their key men, but I mean, <laughs> They've got about 10 players out this weekend and some notable ones being Kim Murray, Campbell Graham, Damien Cook, Hammett, Hammond Saleh, Jai Arrow. And as a South Sydney supporter and South Sydney fan, I was worried they were even going to get 17 players on the field this weekend. But, um, you know, they have managed to do it. And they've also got um, young Daniel Fafita, who's just signed to come back from the Roosters back to his original club, the Rabbitohs, for the rest of this season and a couple of years after it. So he could be a late inclusion into this squad. But I think this is shaping up to be a really important game for Seattle Sydney this season. They did the hard work and beat the um, the Parramatta Eels. But had a lot of their stars this week. They have to do it again because after this week, they've got the Bulldogs, which is a winnable game for them as well. But after that, they've got one of the toughest Trips to end the season that any team has in the NRL—they verse Penrith, they versed Melbourne, they vers the Cowboys, they verse Cronulla, they versus the Eels again, they versed the Roosters. It's really gonna either, you know, toughen them up and make them into a finals team, and you know who knows, even maybe a premiership contender, or they're really gonna fade, and they need to get as many wins as the, on the board as they can before that huge run comes. And you know they've got a young, a lot of young players this weekend, guys like David Mear, Mole, Taff. The pressure's on Ilias to perform, Tola, Jed Cartwright. These guys need to step up and get South Sydney over the line this weekend because if they don't, they could struggle to still make the top eight at the end of the season. But because of that urgency, I'm going to tip South Sydney. I think it will be close. I'll tip South by four. I think Newcastle will be up to the fight, especially in front of their home career and especially considering they're almost full strength. But I feel like South Sydney... Um, need the win more. They're going to be more desperate for the win, and they feel like they'll get it. So I'm going to tip CS on Friday night. And for those regular listeners of the show, you know what time it is. It's time for my favourite time of the week. It's time for Super Saturday, but unfortunately, there's only one game this Saturday, and it's not really a Super Saturday at all because from 7:35 p.m. the West Tigers of all teams take on the Parramatta Hills and the last two, the last time these two teams faced each other, it was the Tigers with. You know, the biggest upset of the season at that point, uh, beating Parramatta and getting a their first win of the year, a rare win for Michael McGuire, who was crying in the stands as the Tigers coach. And let's say in the last two months since that game, it's all gone downhill for the Tigers. Michael McGuire has been sacked. Um, Adam Dewey this week has asked to be named at five eight or asked, you know, caretaker coach Brett Camorley not to name him at all. He's still in the centres at the moment, but... There's a lot of uh, negativity at the Tigers' camp at the moment. They, f- I feel like they've just given up on the football field, and you know, it's just a, it's not a good place to be at the moment. Unfortunately for this club, and they've got some troops coming in next year, guys like Abby Cora, CEO, and Isaiah papalehi But they just need to get to the end of the season. They need to somehow get a couple wins to avoid the wooden spoon at this point. Because at the moment, I'll just be experimental in combinations, trying to get the best seventeen. Ready to go from the Tigers for next year. Um, unfortunately, as bad as that sounded, one of the bright spots of their last few weeks, in my opinion, has been for Mil- uh, Far Manu Brian in the hooker position. I think he's been outstanding for them, and he gets a um, a start there this weekend. But other than that, there hasn't been too much to cheer about for U.S. Tigers supporters, and they're versing a Parramatta side this week that you know did it again last week. Just when. You know, you think that they could be premiership contenders. They keep losing games. They should be winning. And last weekend wasn't quite like losing to the Tigers or the Bulldogs, but they did lose to South Sydney, who were probably down on confidence at that stage before the Luttrell Mitchell return. But, you know, if the Eels could have done the hard work in that game, I truly believe that they had a more talented side on the path. They just had to put it all together, and they didn't do that at all. They didn't respect their opponents. And once again, they paid the price. And once again, you've got everybody wondering, including myself, are they really Premiership threats? Do they have Premiership credentials that they can go all the way in this competition? Because at the moment, it doesn't seem like they do. And Parramatta have only got one player out of uh, out for State of Origin, that's Junior Paulo. I think Ryan Madison's going to be out again this weekend, but they're almost full strength. There should be no reason why they can't get over, a, you know, down on their luck Tigers side this weekend. But you just never know with Parramatta and It's not a game that I'd be confident enough betting on, but I'll tip Parramatta by 12, but man, I just, you need to see consistency, especially this time of year as you're heading into the finals. They can't keep going win-loss, win-loss because they're not going to win the premiership that way. They've got to start getting more consistent, got to start playing the best brand of football as we head into September. And, you know, I say it every week, but it's got to start this week for Parramatta. They've got to keep getting wins on the board and consistent victories, especially if they're going to be contenders for that top four spot. And the final game of the round just might be the match of the round, and it takes place at 4.05pm from Suncourt Stadium on Sunday afternoon when the Brisbane Broncos host the St. George Illawarra Dragons. The Broncos were in the top four a couple of weeks ago. They've had a few losses since then, and a big loss to the Cowboys last weekend, which has started to put their top eight spot in a little bit of jeopardy, and they're versing a uh, Dragons team that are starting to get some wins on the board, some impressive wins against the um The Rabbitohs and the Raiders are bet in controversial circumstances, but they did enough to get those two points. So it's going to be a big occasion as they try to cement their top eight spot and the Broncos try to get back in touch with the top four. But for the Broncos this weekend, they've got a lot of troops out. Like South Sydney, if not worse, some huge names out this weekend. Jensen, Catewell, Carrigan, Huss is injured. So on Cobo, Martin's injured, Flegler's injured. A lot of losses for them. A lot of young guys come in and get an opportunity, or a lot of fringe first graders. You'll see some opportunities for guys like Tessie New, Branko Lee, Jordan Pereira back in the squad this weekend. Um, in the forward Pack, James comes in. Young kid called Hosking makes his debut. So it's safe to say that the Broncos have plenty of changes this weekend. And for the Dragons, they're pretty much set in their one to seventeen, apart from their you know Daliam leading for the or the whole comp. Daliam leading player Ben Hunt who's gone back into, obviously, the state of origin camp. So, um, you know, you have to give the edge to the Dragons in this contest, especially when you consider that they haven't lost to the Broncos since 2017, since Ben Hunt joined the club. But, you know, he's such a huge loss. They He really straightens their attack, Ben Hunt, and he's without a doubt been their best player this year. The pressure's really on Jaden Sullivan and, uh, and Monet for me to really step up. um Amone's had a mixed season to say the least, and Jaden Sullivan um, has had a limited first grade opportunity. So these two have to really control the game. Well, you know the Dragons forward pack's going to be steady as always, and they hopefully they can take it to this less experienced Broncos forward pack because usually the Broncos would probably have that experience advantage. But um, the Dragons, you've got to think, uh, would be firm favourites in this contest and. The advantage for the thing that I think keeps Brisbane in this game is Adam Reynolds and the composure that he brings to the side. Him and Ezra Mame's combination is really important, especially for their finals hopes this season and their premiership hopes hopes in the next few years to get at the impact, to keep Adam Reynolds healthy on the field, and to continue to nurture and grow Mame's game. So it's an important game for both clubs. I just feel like, even though it's up there at Suncorp, that the Dragons recent successes against the Broncos and the fact that they've named a much stronger side um, in terms of closer to full strength this weekend I've just got to give the edge to St. George and I'm going to tip the Dragons by 6 points um, but I think it's going to be a tight affair and I think the guys that the Broncos have brought in this weekend will be yet to make an impression to potentially get you know another top 25 contract next year or even try to break into this 17 over the next few weeks Alright, so those are my tips for the Shorten Round 17 this weekend. And just to recap, I've gone the uh, Melbourne Storm to take down Cronulla on Thursday night. I've gone South Sydney to continue their resurgence against the Newcastle Knights. The Eagles will be too strong for the Tigers, and I've gone the Dragons against the Brits and Broncos. Those are my tips for the Round 17 Telstra Premiership. And as I said, if you guys haven't, and if you are unaware, please look out for Steve's State of Origin Game 1 Preview. It will drop on Monday afternoon, so check it out. I'm going to predict the game, the X-Factors, where each team are going to win the contest, and ultimately who's going to win, and by how much, my first try scorers and my man of the match. So check out my State of Origin Preview. When it drops on Monday afternoon, if you're looking for a bet of the week, I just feel like the Dragons head-to-head, they're 225. They named a much stronger lineup than the Brisbane Broncos on paper, and I think you've got to take it. So that is my bet of the week. I'll see you guys next week on the show. Enjoy your rugby league, and I'll see you next time on Steve's NRL 40 Tips.